Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart Radio. Uh, This morning's topic is uh, substantial personality integration through the power of the Spirit within the pages of of the Word of God and within the pages uh, of the writings of Paul uh, and uh, that of Peter, James, and John. One finds a a consistent message, and that is uh, what the power of God can do uh, in the life of those who are saved or who have been saved. Now, within uh, the New Testament, the word saved uh, literally means to be rescued, and the, the picture is that of being pulled or dragged to safety out of a burning building. So, that is what that word means. And uh, so we're going to take a look at what God does uh, for us as believers uh, after we are saved. Initially, we must be, be born again by, by the Spirit of God. That event takes place uh, at a point in time where the Spirit of God regenerates us. And so we have the word re, the prefix re, which means again. And then we have the word generation, uh, which, uh, from which we get our word born. So we are reborn into a new and living reality. And we are, uh, we are in, now we're in the body of Christ. And uh, we, there, uh, there are fellow believers uh, with us uh, who compose the body of Christ, and he is the head of the body. So we have been given, as, as Peter writes, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. God has provided everything that you and I need. And so before we go any further, let us have a word of prayer, and then we'll begin our study. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the opportunity to study your word. We pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And we know that if there if we have unconfessed sins in our hearts, Lord, we cannot expect the Spirit of God to, to be in fellowship with us. And so uh, if we know that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. So our focus is on what the New Testament documents. And uh, so uh, this morning we're going to be studying uh, from the Gospel of Luke. 
And uh, I'm going to share with you some of the medical terms that loop uses and that are still in current use today. Uh, and so Luke uh, has a very interesting uh, viewpoint with regard to the public ministry of Jesus. But before we talk about uh, the public ministry of Jesus, uh, Luke provides for us a background uh, so that we will understand who the great physician is. Do you know who your doctor is? Do you know his background or her background? Do you know anything really about these people? Well, when we go to the Word of God, we are provided a background as, uh, as to who the great physician is. And so Luke uh, starts uh, in Luke chapter 4, tells us about uh, the teratological testing of the great physician. We need to know who he is. We need to know that he is substantive. We need to know his substance. We didn't know his character. And so the Spirit of God opens this door for us uh, and so that we can see who Jesus is before he goes into his public ministry. Jesus brings uh, the kingdom of God. In fact, he is the kingdom of God. And uh, his, the, we will see the focus of his ministry is telling people that the, king, that the kingdom of God is here, that the kingdom of God is present in the person of Jesus. So Jesus is the great physician, and Luke presents him as the son of man. The Son of Man is a term uh, which means that Jesus is God's ideal man. Paul speaks about the second Adam, the second Adam, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's ideal man. Paul writes that we're, that we're going to grow up into all things into him. That is Christ Jesus. In Romans 8, Paul speaks about uh, our glorification, our glorification. And so while we are here in the cosmic system, which some call a, the, the matrix, it is the cosmic system of the devil. And the, 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 the psychology, the psychiatry, the counseling, the, the medical establishment, uh, of which we are a part within the cosmic system, these things are originate with, uh, with, the, with the devil. You need to read about Rockefeller and uh, his founding of the American Medical Association and upon what grounds the American Medical Association was founded. And the petroleum-based, uh, for me of the medications, et cetera, that are used today. Because uh, these medications are not uh, designed to cure. They're designed uh, to arrest symptoms so that the individual is a patient or a customer for life, for life. And the kingdom of God is completely antithetical 
to what demon uh, uh, demons and, and man uh, unsaved men want for uh, the human being. Jesus has invaded the, the, the cosmic system, as it were. Uh, the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it or supplant it. That's who Jesus is. He is the light of the cosmos. So in Luke uh, chapter 4, uh, verse 1, it reads, quote, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, the word full here means thoroughly permeated with, thoroughly permeated with. So Jesus was thoroughly permeated with the the Spirit of God. That is, he was complete, lacking in nothing. Now, when you and I uh, are join are conjoined to Jesus, understand that Paul writes in Colossians that you ye are complete in Him. Peter writes that God has provided us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. I want you to see that the rah-rah sermons, uh, the motivational speakers, many of them who uh, will take information from the Word of God, they won't tell you where they've gotten a lot of their information, but they get a lot of information from the Word of God uh, because the Bible is true. This book is true. So, uh, the devil, and he was led uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness, uh, being 40 days tempted of the devil. Now, in the Greek text, it reads hupo. Uh, we translated it, translated as uh, of. Uh, as a, and so, he was tested uh, under the devil. And in the Greek, this is what we call a possessive genitive. So this is a this is a, a very serious situation. Now notice that when Jesus was uh, baptized of Jordan, uh, of John in the Jordan, uh, the Spirit of God came upon him, and it was uh, the Spirit of God tossed him uh, into the wilderness. So please read Mark's account. Now, and so we read uh, verse 2, being, being 40 days tempted uh, under the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Now, uh, please think carefully about what we're reading. And think about at what point the devil begins uh, his testing. Uh, so this is, uh, he was start in the Greek it reads, he afterward, we read, and he afterward hungered. In the Greek it reads, he afterward uh, was starving. Jesus was starving. And at that point, verse 3, the devil said to him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone that it be made bread. Uh, the word if. Uh, means in the Greek it's since. Since you be the Son of God. 
command this stone that it be made bread. It is rearrange the molecules into bread and feed yourself. And Jesus uh, answered him saying, it is written. And notice how Jesus began. Jesus does not have a conversation with the devil. Notice, uh, verse 3, we have the word devil. It is diabolos. And the word means one who divides. One who divides. And so uh, it is written, verse 4, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so in the Greek, once again, the word for word here is rima, word of God. Rima, and it means the subject matter of the word of God, the subject matter. So Jesus is very precise in his answers. Jesus is not, Jesus never generalizes. And even though he is starving, his mind is super sharp. He understands that uh, at which point the devil began uh, his attack. Because don't be mistaken about it. This is an attack. And I want to show you the remarkable personality of the Savior. And Jesus answering in uh, verse four, verse five, and the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Now, in, in one seminary class, I had we talked about this high mountain. But where would such a mountain exist? Uh, in in Western Asia, a mountain so high that, uh, you know, and some people say, well, uh, he took him up to a high mountain so he can look all around the world. Let's not read the language. Read the language. And the devil taken up into a high mountain showed uh, unto him all the kingdoms of the world. Notice in a moment of time. Now, notice the power of the devil. That, that we see on display here. And so showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. This is a supernatural event. And notice the devil's power over certain aspects of time. His power with time, uh, please listen carefully, is temporal. God's power over time is absolute. And I say that because there has been uh, – the military has attempted to co-opt uh, time. And they've done it so that uh, they can uh, create a different timeline uh, that does not culminate in the second coming of Jesus. If you think that's wild, it is not wild because – these demon-energized men know and the demons know that when Jesus comes back, it's all over for them. And this is why Psalm 2 states that he is going to rule the world with a rod of iron. So he shows him all the kings of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, notice, listen very carefully. The devil said unto him, all 
all this power will I give thee and the glory of them. Now, notice the language after the colon. For that is delivered unto me. For that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever I will, I give it. Now, you see the temporal power of the devil and that the kingdoms of this world were delivered unto him by God. So, if thou will therefore worship me, all shall be. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And so now, so we have in verse 2, we have the word the devil. Verse 3, the devil. And in verse 5, the devil. Verse 6, we have the word devil. And now uh, we have the word in verse 8, Satan. And this word means an adversary in a lawsuit. So notice what Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. And so he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be or since thou be the son of God, Cast thyself down from hence, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee. Uh, and so the devil did not complete this verse. The devil uh, is the devil quotes the word of God to the Son of God. And notice what the devil says, verse 10, for it is written. And so you have these words coming out of the mouth of the devil. What does that tell you and I about some of the, these popular speakers and their ability and what they do and what they say? Verse 11, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. Verse 12, and Jesus answering said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Ek perezo, ek perezo. And the ek, E-K, is an intensive pre uh, prefix. It means to try, to prove, to put to the, it means solicitation to evil. Solicitation to evil. So, uh, and when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. That should read for an opportune season. And so uh, in verse 14, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region around about. And he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. So now we have a foundation laid for us within the character of Jesus. We have this very powerful characterological portrait of him. So when you hear stories or read stories that Jesus 
had a relationship with Mary Magdalene, and that they have they had children. There are people who I've heard even on some podcasts have said that that we have uh, we know the bloodline of Jesus Christ. We they have some have said that we even have. Uh, we have uh, some of the blood of Jesus Christ. I need to bring this out to you because I want you to know uh, that the devil will use these kind of podcasts and these people and what they say to lead you astray out from the word of God. You will wander uh, down these rabbit holes to what end? And what do you hope to find? Whereas None of the New Testament writers uh, speak about the bloodline of Jesus. If you read carefully the book of Hebrews, the the book of Hebrews will tell you uh, very important information about the blood of Jesus and where it was presented in the temple uh, in heaven. And so... They rely on on ignorance in order to seduce people away from the word of God. So he is the foundation. Now notice, we are able to read uh, within the temptation. We see the the perspicuity. We we see the, the the very powerful mentality of Jesus. We see his will. He cannot be led astray. He cannot be deceived uh, by the enemy. And so we see his, his heart. We see his spirituality. We see his will. We see his motivation. And so we see that the personality of Jesus is powerfly integrated. That is uh, brought together, welded together. He is, in other words, he is whole. He is complete. He is the Theanthropos. He is the God-man. And so what the Holy Spirit will do for you and I, because we belong to Jesus, is to bring, our, our destiny is to be conformed into the image of Christ. Nowhere in the New Testament is it written that preachers are to preach to the saints. That is not, that's nowhere found in the scripture. The gospel, the good news, the kerygma is heralded to those who are not saved. The unsaved ones must hear the kerygma. They must hear the call of God. There is what we call a general call of God. Uh, for God so loved the world. There, that is God's general call. Then there is what we term the uh, God's effectual call. And that is, that refers to those who respond to the kerygma, that is the good news, and they are saved. Paul writes that he can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. 
when you are in fellowship with God and you grow, begin to grow as a believing one, uh, your prayer life will change. You will not only pray, but you will have a spirit of prayer that permeates your life. You will have a. You will not only praise Him, you will have a spirit of praise, so that you you are continually in praise of God at, at the wonder of His salvation and what He does and who He is. We are baptized into the body of Christ, and John in John's Gospel, Jesus says, "Ye in me, and I in you." Guess who comes to live in our hearts? The Lord Jesus Christ. He comes to live in our hearts. And so our hearts, our bodies, are temples of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in, the, uh, in the temple, you have the, you have the main courts. Then you have the, what was called the Holy of Holies, the naos. That's the word that uh, that is used with regard to uh, the presence of God, presence of the Holy Spirit in, uh, in Jesus in our lives. We are the naos. He is in the temple of our hearts. And guess what God's going to do? God's going to build us up through his spirit. As we feed on Jesus, the bread of life, we constantly feed on him. That is his word. And as we drink of living waters, Jesus is the living water. If you get a moment, read about water. Read about the power of water. And uh, it is amazing. Read about the behavior of water. And so I, I just want you to get an idea of an understanding of who he is and what he has come to do. Jesus is within our hearts. And so what does he do? He knows. Now, let me speak for a moment to those who have been horribly wounded and whose lives have been shattered by others through a type of profound abuse that is unimaginable. So Mary Shelley, uh, who is the author of the book Frankenstein, uh, we know that uh, she, she was sexually abused as a child. She, and she was sexually abused by her own biological father. And so the Frankenstein, with its uh, pieces of humanity taken from different persons. And uh, 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 now we have this, this uh, anatomically estranged being called the Frankenstein. And there, and there are those who believe this was a picture of, of her father, the Frankenstein, the monster. So this is a very powerful image. And I want you to know that when Jesus hung on that tree, on that Roman gibbet, Jesus saw the tree and the deception and the destructive nature of that type of sin. 
And then there's the, uh, the harrowing criminality done against infants and babies, babies who are sacrificed, babies who are who are cut to pieces, uh, who are ritually abused. Uh, uh, I have a, a family member who lives in Utah, and and her ministry is mainly with uh, people who were ritually sexually abused. Now her ministry is located in Utah. So, and so she approaches healing uh, because in a in a different manner because uh, the iatrogenic approach, the psychiatric approach, uh, these people are establishment and uh, they don't have answers for this type of of torture uh, over time and what it does to shatter the personalities of people they don't they don't they don't look into or uh, they don't have answers to that type of substantive injury to the soul so in uh Luke chapter 4 Jesus is in the synagogue and he takes up the uh, the word of God and and he reads the word of God. <clears throat> Verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, that is, to the oppressed, the disillusioned, and uh the, those who, who are beg, uh, who are in terrible need. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal uh, the broken hearted. And here it means to, sh- to shatter or smash or crush. To preach deliverance to the captives. And that word deliverance means forgiveness. And that word captive, it means, it's from a word that means uh, a spear, uh, to, to be taken at the point of a spear in war. It means a prisoner or a captive. Recovering of sight to the blind. And to sit at liberty, them that are bruised. So this word brokenhearted that I read uh, earlier is in the perfect tense. And this word means to break completely, to shatter, to crush completely. Do you see to the saints, but to teach the rhema, that is the content of the word rhema, and not to preach at them? Why would one continue to preach the, 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 the kerygma to those who are saved? That message is exclusive. So the unsaved, the saints need the full counsel of the word of God, not the word of man. And so Paul wrote that we do not handle the word of God dishonestly. 
the substantive message that people need does not come from a counselor, a psychotherapist, or a psychiatrist. Because the writings and the training of these people does not recognize supernatural terror. The training of these people cannot and does not recognize supernatural terrorism through demonic forces and powers, through principalities and powers. They're, they're writings and their training, there's no way that they are equipped. Their training does not expose them or even admit of, of evil supernaturalism. Their training is merely limited to naturalistic presuppositions and, uh, and, uh, and uh, the understanding of a multitude of different uh, schools and psychotherapies. And they find, and they, but they won't admit it, that a lot of times their so-called therapeutic approaches, and that's a word from the New Testament, uh, and Luke uses that word with regard to the healing ministry of Jesus, therapeuo. They uh, they look for new approaches, uh, but they will never enter into uh, the supernatural realm because they have no wherewithal. They have no tools to address the real needs of people. And so you have the, the psychiatric industry, you have the psychology industry, the counseling industry. These are industries that promote things that uh, or promises that in, in, and approaches that do not help people. And think about the situation in which we find ourselves today. Where are, they, where are their voices? They're not going to say much because they're licensed by the state, and so they're not going to risk saying anything of any meaningful value. And so, therefore, they won't. Jesus entered into a, the, same, a, the same type of situation. The powers that be, the power structure, uh, 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 array themselves against him to, uh, to, in order to destroy him. And so, we see here in, a, in verse 18, Jesus gives us a synopsis of his ministry and what uh, he, he had come to do. And so, um, now, this is Luke 9, verse 1, quote, called his 12. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. The word cure here is, uh, Therapeuo, and it means to serve, to do service, or it means to restore to health. The word diseases in the Greek here is nosus, N-O-S-O-U-S. And in the English, it is nosology. It is the word in modern medical practice that refers to the classification of diseases. The classification of diseases. And he sent them, verse 2, to preach, that is to herald, and here it is the word kerygma, kerysian, the kingdom of God, and to heal the 
sick. The word here means those uh, who are enfeebled, who are weak. Verse, uh, verse 11, quote, and the people when they knew it followed him, that is Jesus, and he received them and spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. The word iatro is used here. And when we talk about modern medicine, or the physician is iatrogenic medicine. And so that word, uh, aeto, is used here in the Greek. They get it, and the same word that's used for a modern physician is used here uh, with regard to the work of Jesus, the effectual power of Jesus uh, in the lives of people. Uh, and he addressed their needs powerfully. That is, uh, there was no reversal. There were no uh, extenuating symptoms beyond the healing event uh, which that Jesus brought into the lives of individuals. They were, Jesus did not really address symptom management. Jesus cured. He is the presence of the kingdom of God. Just think what he does for his own. If the word is preached and the word is uh, the word the, uh, and the word is taught, the and the word is believed by faith, then that individual's life is going to change substantively. If the person lacks boundaries, because this is a, a, one of the things that uh, sexual abuse does, early childhood sexual abuse, because. The, the natural barrier, defense barrier, or defenses that we have are removed. And so the, one, the, the injurer or the abuser removes uh, natural protective barriers, and he, uh, he creates a relationship, and albeit it is a terrible relationship with the abused uh, party or person. And so... That person who no, now has no natural uh, protective uh, barriers in place uh, grows to depend uh, on this abusing figure for uh, protection. And do you see the transference that goes on here? And so the abuser knows this and takes advantage of this, and so he despoils that person time if the person is taught the word of God and exposed uh, to the word of God so that he or she feeds on the bread of life uh, these protective barriers will return and the will will be healed and that person can experience substantial integration of the personality that is and not and, and not the word the script the scriptures not use the word healing of the personality. It doesn't use that. Because as any man in Christ, a new creation. And so the new creation takes place. The new creation is being built up in that life through the power of the word. And so that individual is going more into the likeness of Christ. He is the one of this powerful integration of the personality. But the devil doesn't want this taught. 
because he doesn't want people to experience the freedom of God. Why should he? The devil is the God of this matrix. He is the God of this age. And so the word of God will set you free. And if you read the book of Galatians, Paul explains that this means to sit at liberty, to walk about freely. The psalmist writes that I stand in a broad place. He leads me besides the waters of quietness. Just think of what abusers do. Just think of what molesters do. And I'm not talking about merely, uh, I'm not talking about sexual molesters as such now. I'm talking about molesters and abusers, uh, those people who seek, uh, who take joy and pleasure in injuring the lives of others, in ruining their lives, in leading people astray from that which would substantively help them and, and give them, they don't want that. They want dependence. And so they they create dependency uh, within their periphery. And so people cannot get free. The word of God will set you free. The word of God, uh, Jesus said, I make all things new. The word of God said, I'll make all things new. And God will make all things new. And there remains, well, John writes that, uh, the believer cannot practice him because the sperma, the seed of God, remains within him. And so he cannot, that is, practice sin. Okay, our practice is not sin. It is what? Because we, we now have God. We now have a new motivation. The psychiatrists, the psychotherapists, and the counselors, they cannot uh, talk about they, can talk, they may talk about religion, but they cannot talk about the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the greatest healer, I'm going to use that, the great physician who integrates body and mind when people have been alienated from their bodies through abuse, through drugs, through cocaine, through all of this stuff, will ingest trying to find freedom and peace and release and alcohol, you know, all this stuff. Uh, these things do not integrate personality. In fact, they disintegrate. They destroy. They create ruin. The Son of God has come, and he stands in the midst of our ruin. He stands in the midst of our misery. And he says, behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. This is who he is. This is what he does. He takes the old creation, that which was ruined, and he makes it new. You can be a new creature today through the word of God. Please read the word. Study the word. And God will bring together that, uh, that which has been lacking in your life, and God will bless you in a marvelous manner. Serving Jesus, there, I mean, there's just nothing like it. Serve him, follow him, be in fellowship with him, and you will experience the remarkable goodness of God. Good morning. My name is Dr. Josiah Rich, and God bless you.